This episode of Deuce Dump is brought to you by Freshly. Uh, another piece of internet history has been retired. Something that, uh, regardless of your opinion of it, definitely left a lasting impression on anyone who'd happened across its pages or just happened to see one of its hosted videos on any other kind of uh, agitator site. Or aggregator site, sorry. Uh, earlier this week, the team behind one of the largest, most notorious, insane, uncensored, and shocking video hosting websites to ever exist, took it offline after nearly 15 years, billions of views, and definitely more than a few cases of PTSD from people who'd gotten a bit too curious about the realities of war, terrorism, cartels, accidents, and generally anything else that would have been immediately removed from YouTube. Yeah, we are, of course, talking about LiveLeak. Mm -hmm. you, it see, is gone. you see that watermark, you know you're uh, about to see some shit. Yeah. It wouldn't you... be on LiveLeak if there wasn't a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, LiveLeak was one of the last remaining uh, mainstream shock sites from the early to mid-2000s era of the internet where user-submitted video and social sharing abilities really started to take off. Mm -hmm. Basically, if you got a link to a LiveLeak video or you found one embedded while browsing around on any other website, you would eventually know that what you were about to watch had about a 90% chance of being extremely gory and or extremely messed up. Yeah. Which uh, makes sense, considering the team who'd launched LiveLeak back in 2006 were also the ones behind one of the OG shock sites from back then, Ogrish. Yeah. Uh, LiveLeak, with their tagline, redefining the media, basically became the extreme YouTube, hosting damn near anything, especially at first. Uh, we're sure that a majority of you watching have probably seen the kind of stuff hosted there, so we won't go into too much detail, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty big part of the internet as a whole for as a, for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the lexicon, it's, and it's it's widely known as if you see a video with that logo... Someone's getting shot. Someone's going to die. Someone's going to die. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times did an article about hosting extreme content in the wake of the Christchurch sh uh, shooting, uh, and they all in that article, they described LiveLeak as, quote, not the sort of site where you just happen upon something horrific. Horrific videos are what its users, dedicated or casual, come there to see. It positions itself as an unfiltered companion to the mainstream media, but LiveLeak has its roots in the culture of shock or gore sites. Now, in the site's defense, uh, according to that article, uh, even LiveLeak would not allow the Christchurch video that was going around to be hosted on their servers, drawing uh, anger from its users at the time. Uh, they, quote, compared the shooting video to the glossy promo videos for ISIS and said that it wouldn't indulge the shooter by hosting his recording. Uh, they added that they'd, quote, received no small number of complaints regarding the fact that we will not carry the video. We fully understand some people will, will be very unhappy with this decision. A bunch of little freaks on that LiveLeak website. Yeah. Anyway, it should come as no surprise at all that the site and sites like it became a safe haven for the extreme far-right. Yeah. I mean, if, if Yahoo Answers can get overtaken by the alt-right, it should be obvious that uh, any extreme shock site would naturally draw extreme groups of people. Yeah. Something that one of the site's founders readily admitted. Quote, the remaining founder, Hayden Hewitt, who made the decision not to host the Christchurch video, acknowledged that LiveLeak's audience leans right and that a racist contingent has found a home on the site. Yes, people who want to see these things will be drawn to it, he said. It's as plain as the nose on your face. And, uh, okay, yeah, aside from the typical fair that we've already spoken about that was hosted there, it was also one of the last big video-sharing websites to fully host episodes of InfoWars. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, whatever your thoughts on LiveLeak, cesspool for weirdos, uh, radicalization pipeline, simple shock site. Free speech haven. Or, or just a place for exposing reality in 4K, or, I mean, for most of its existence, uh, like 480. 
480p. Yeah, 480p. Uh, the site, it is no more. It was taken offline on Wednesday of this week, at, at just a few months shy of its 15th birthday. Uh, and it was replaced by what appears to be a simple video sharing site, free from all the uh, extreme baggage. At least that's what they hope, and at least temporarily. I mean, it seems like a site where you can just go upload things, so I don't know. Uh, visiting the URL now, uh, it, it redirects to a site called Item Fix, which is marketed as a social video factory, with a statement from the founders, of, uh, the founder of both sites, Hayden Hewitt, uh, saying the following. 15 years ago, we felt the project we were working on had peaked and it was time to move on. LiveLeak was born. Although it's an overused analogy, the last 15 years have been an insane roller coaster for all involved. Highs, lows, and some rather worrying bits where it felt like we were upside down. The thing is, it's never been less than exhilarating, challenging, and something that we were all fully committed to. It continues. Nothing lasts forever, though, and as we did all those years ago, we felt LiveLeak had achieved all that it could, and it was time for us to try something new and exciting. The world has changed a lot over these last few years, the internet alongside it, and we as people. I'm sat here now writing this with a mixture of sorrow because LiveLeak has been not just a website or business, but a way of life for me and many of the guys, but also genuine excitement at what's next. I hope some of you will enjoy Item Fix and find it useful and entertaining. It's something completely different, completely fresh, and something we feel energized about tackling. And whilst I know many of you will be upset, possibly angry about our decision, I do hope you also understand our reasons and appreciate that alongside you, we have walked together through some interesting times yeah. and some crazy ones. Sometimes it's just the right time to chart a new path. Item Fix is a terrible name. Yeah, it's a terrible name, and it's a very basic-looking website. Yeah. It, um, you know, there is a, uh, a now a vacuum in uh, the the more uh, uh, you know documenting reality type mm -hmm. video sites, and and you know, dang it, if there was just a site that actually had a social feature where people could upload whatever they wanted to, maybe something financed by Mike Lindell, but yeah. actually including the uh, the features that uh, were promised originally. Frank's speech just turns into a website <laughs> with like dash cam videos of like horrific car accidents and yes. uh, ISIS uh, executions. That's what I'm saying. Like this was, <laughs> this could have been like the perfect timing for like Frank's speech if it had turned out what it uh, to what it was uh, pitched as yeah. to have been brigaded by a bunch of people where you go to Frank's speech and it's like ISIS beheadings. Yeah. 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 But no, Frank's speech is literally just Mike Lindell's blog. He got kicked off Vimeo by the way. Oh. Yeah. So it is just Frank's speech now. Uh, anyways, moving on to another uh, media platform where horrific things are posted on a daily basis. Twitter has rolled out some new features for its users, including one that's been on top of the list of wants for a while now. <laughs> and it's a feature that they probably rushed to the front of the development process after an apparent algorithm was exposed by users that show that Twitter seemed to automatically select people to highlight in photos based on the color of their skin. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty insane how well it worked, and there were no shortage of examples of people feeding the app countless photos and variations of photos, only to find that seemingly every time without fail, it would prioritize people with lighter skin. Yeah, the craziest ones were it's like they'd upload just like a row of like 10 black faces and just like one white face yeah. somewhere in there, and it would just crop it to just the white face. It did face. Uh, like a bunch of uh, Barack Obama and then like Mitch McConnell. Yeah. I was like, here's Mitch McConnell, everyone. Yeah, so at the time, Twitter blamed it on their machine learning system. Oops. But, uh, sorry, racist robot. But uh, they <laughs> said they were working on some changes to hopefully fix the issue. Yeah. And, uh, well, the changes are here, and the result is a new image crop function, or actually a lack of a crop function entirely, because almost any image, within reason, should display in full automatically. Yeah. 
And it seems to be specifically for mobile devices right now, but these new cropping options have also opened the door for some unique posts popping up to test platform's limits. N not in a bad way, as far as I've seen. But yeah. uh, Twitter basically doesn't want to risk getting called out for anything being cropped. So uh, just show everything. Now people can make extremely long photos appear and uh, just kind of take over people's feeds. In their attempts to push this new anti-crop feature to its limits, uh, users have been posting images like a cartoon version of Longcat, as well as Doug Dimmodome of Dimsdale Dimmodomes. And to be fair, there are still limits on what it will show. Uh, otherwise, it would just completely break the timeline. It would yeah. be ridiculous. But yeah, the days of awkwardly cropped images or an appearance of racial bias, they seem to be over. Uh, but also, as some users have complained, so are the meme posts where you can instruct people to open up the picture for a surprise. Yeah, for a surprise. Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, people would hide the, the joke inside yeah. the part that's cropped. And uh, it, it was fun, had by all. Still works on desktop, though. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, one image posted to Twitter this week that was definitely unaltered but looked hilarious was this photo. <laughs> of Joe Biden, his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, <laughs> and uh, former President Jimmy Carter alongside his wife, Rosalind, where uh, the Bidens, what, what sort of funhouse trickery is happening here? <laughs> the Bidens look like fucking giants next to the former president and first lady who look like they're being visited inside their little hobbit home in Hobbiton. It's ridiculous I, looking. When I saw it on the timeline before clicking on it, I thought, I thought Joe and Jill were holding like ventriloquist dummies in their laps. <laughs> It looks. It doesn't make sense. And it looks like uh, you know, like the the Wonka like uh, sizing room. Yeah, it's like you know, Joe Biden's like, hey. like, did they do a goof? Like, it looked like they set like uh, Rosalind Carter back fifteen yeah. feet, and they were like, all right, Joe, you stand right here. We're gonna do a fun one for yeah. the Carter Foundation. But it wasn't that. They were all standing directly next to each other. Yeah, the the photo is very bizarre, and yeah. it's it's weird that it was posted to the official Carter Center Twitter account without someone thinking that it looked ridiculous. But there it was. Uh -huh. Uh, in case you're wondering, no, the Bidens are not <laughs> gigantic people. <laughs> and no, the Carters are not tiny. This is literally just the result of someone shooting the photo in a wide-angle mode on their phone, causing a distortion near the edges of the frame. Mm -hmm. All the photographer had to do was uh, move back a bit to get everyone in the shot or something. And here's a version where someone has removed the wide-angle distortion, showing what it would look like normal. Uh, still hilarious, though. It is, a, it is an objectively funny picture. Yeah, yeah. it's just very weird. Uh, anyways, on to Twitter's other new feature, one that uh, no one asked for and I, I would assume that no one would ever use. The app will now double check to make sure that you really want to fire off a tweet that they've detected as potentially mean-spirited. Um, Sure, yeah, that's going to stop people. Great job, Twitter. You've done it again. Uh, this is like the, now when you retweet, like, news articles, it's like, hey, you, wa you want to read it first? Yeah, are you sure? Hey, buddy, that you, did you read the article? We noticed that you haven't clicked on the article. Maybe you'd like to read it. Uh, but, hey, you know what might actually be useful? One of those, like, integrated random math problems that you have to solve before you can send in a tweet and attempt to stop people from angrily drunk tweeting. I, I think all apps should have that. That, you know, uh, I... I don't know if it was confirmed, but I saw the rumor that like the next uh, I whatever the hell the iWatch is called Apple Watch, Apple Watch. Uh, is going to be able to detect your blood alcohol level. Oh my god! They should, you should like if you have it, it should shut off social media. Yeah. If it's above like a .08, that could be very useful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the very least, you'll now be able to see if Twitter thinks you're being mean before you inevitably choose to send your bully tweets anyway. From NPR regarding this new feature. Twitter wants users to think twice about sending a mean or offensive tweet. The tech company on Wednesday announced it has released a feature that detects mean replies on its service before a user presses send. When a not very nice tweet is detected, an automatic prompt reads, want to review this before tweeting? 
the user is presented with three choices, tweet, edit, or delete. So uh, yeah, apparently, according to their own internal testing, this does actually work sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Twitter says after a year of tests with the add-on, users were sending fewer offensive replies <laughs> across the service. According to Twitter, when prompted, 34% of people revised their initial reply or decided not to send it at all. After they were first prompted, users composed about 11% fewer offensive replies in the future. They were also less likely to receive offensive replies in return. I mean, the last part makes okay. sense. If you don't send like an incendiary... Don't start, not won't be none. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, I like how everyone's like, edit button. They're like, all right, we got you an edit button. It prompts you when you write a mean tweet that you can edit it before sending it out. You sure you, sure you want to say this? Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if uh, this is really going to work out as successfully with the general population. Twitter's user base, but maybe people who don't know they're being mean somehow <laughs> might change their mind when yeah. presented with the prompt. No idea. It is, uh, it's it's weirdly, uh, a lot of mean people, like you can you call them bastard, you can say fuck you, but if you just say, you're really mean. Yeah. A lot, they get, they get, they take that way more personally yeah. than if you just call them names. I, so. I would love to see the list too, because like just today I checked the, uh, the famous uh, demonetize, demonetized words list mm. uh, to see, uh, <laughs> Literally, what I could talk about with the live leak video. It turns out, literally, the term live leak is bright yellow on that list. Mm. So this will probably get demonetized. Watch it three times. Um, but yeah, there, it, I would love to see Twitter's list of what they think mean is, or like how the algorithm decides it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it has to be something like that Tay bot, where it's just like we put this bot on Twitter and it learned to be an asshole within five minutes. So anything the bot would say, yeah, if you're saying something close to it, you're wrong. We created a bot to become the. Uh, the archetypal mean Twitter user. Then we created a second bot and trained it to just don't do anything that the other bot's doing. <laughs> the, Learn from yeah. this other bot. <laughs> the, the best bot war. Mm -hmm. And we just sit back and watch them fight. It's yeah. a lot of fun down at Twitter HQ. Uh, anyways, before we get into the rest of this week's news, uh, let's take a quick second to thank today's sponsor, Freshly. Are you stressed or tired or you just don't feel like cooking? Food that's fast, it doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered straight to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking, it can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. And now, our viewers can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living freshly. Mm -hmm. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and are ready to heat and eat in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made, nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. And right now, Freshly is offering our viewers $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash newsdump. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash newsdump for $40 off your first two orders. That is Freshly.com slash newsdump for $40 off your first two orders. Yeah, like I said again, I, I, use, I use Freshly... Uh, Without before they even started sponsoring the show, it's uh, great food for when you're in a pinch yeah. and you just don't feel like cooking. And it's better than wasting a bunch of money like going out to eat or whatever like that. So it's yeah. a nice alternative to have. But uh, let's get back into the news with something that uh, we're sure you're already very aware of. But in case you're not, uh, Elon Musk is hosting Saturday Night Live this weekend. And I'm so 
fucking excited. I I know. And I feel like people would think that we're like anti this happening, but I am no. so morbidly curious it's about gonna what be this a is. It's going to be a train wreck. He has no comedic, <laughs> like, it's, it, it makes no sense. On stage at his own event, yeah, he, he is looks, an awkward person. Yeah, he is a, just a naturally awkward, uncomfortable, marble-mouthed person. Yeah. And it makes no fucking sense to put him on stage in a fucking sketch comedy show. Yeah, and in case you're wondering, like, him hosting means that he's going to be he's in sketches. He's going to be in sketches. But I, I, I would be shocked to find that SNL can produce anything as comically hilarious as the Cybertruck presentation that Elon Musk himself helped produce. Yeah. And he was and he was talking about like writing his own sketches, which is like that's and he was not like how getting ideas. That's from the not internet. how it works. Like, now, yeah, you're gonna come and we'll have but, sketches. But you. I would love to see SNL with like entirely written. I want to see Elon Musk the un, sketch unadulterated him, vision of what this should be. The sketch should be him in the writers' room coming up with ideas. Yeah, like on Twitter, being like, "This guy think, thinks it would be funny." Meme yeah. man. He's a man who <laughs> wins battles using his memes. All right, I got a, I got an idea for a sketch. It's a, it's about a billionaire who names his kid something you can't pronounce because it's just a bunch of random letters and numbers. How about a sketch about how Dogecoin is going to the moon? Yeah, uh, about that. Um, mm-hmm. Look, let, let's just cut through all the shit here. We, we are, I, I'm actually excited for I, this. I'm stoked. I have no idea what's going to happen, but there's a lot of people who aren't stoked on this. I mean, Elon is a pretty controversial figure for a, a plethora of reasons. Yeah. If you watch our show, you already know all those reasons. Uh, literally the richest man in America is going on fucking SNL to host it. Uh, worker conditions, uh, built a child submarine, called a guy denialism. COVID denialism, called a guy a pedophile. Uh, just, just, there's a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, SNL has always welcomed controversial guests to host. This isn't like, oh my God, this is the first time they've done it. Uh, now I can't really remember if a billionaire tech CEO has ever taken it on. I don't think Steve Jobs or like Bill, Bill Gates would be great right now. Um, has ever done it, but uh, he's definitely going to bring SNL exactly what SNL wants. Lots and lots of viewers who might otherwise not watch the yeah. show. Sorry, they got who? Well, I got to check this out. I can't believe that they got Miley Cyrus as the guest instead of Grimes. They could have had the one-two punch. Yeah, and a lot of people were like, Miley is a pretty good actress. I mean, she's uh, she did that before she was really a musician, so why not make her the host? And Whatever, whatever. Do your Elon thing. Hey, she's a great singer. Like, look, she, as someone that was a child star and then got like really into pop music and stuff, she has a great voice. Yeah, and it, she she's good. She doesn't act very much, but she I think one of the last things she did was that Black Mirror episode that uh, mm-hmm. was quite good. Anyways, anyway, so we can't really say that Elon Musk seems like a natural fit for acting or doing scripted comedy or even hosting his own events. It it always ends up very awkward. Like, so, I can't imagine them writing any sketches that aren't just uh, spoofs of things he's already done, like the dance. The Cybertruck thing, child submarine Did stuff. Did you see the little video, the like midweek teaser? That no. Oh uh, yeah, they posted it. Uh, you know, midday Thursday, and it's uh, yeah, it was it was him, Miley, and one of the cast members, and they're like, he's you know just letting you know letting you know that SNL is coming up this weekend. But it was like even this like thirty second clip, just like he his delivery was just so weird and flat and well, and it's also like he is definitely like a person who. Is like a power-hungry person who wants things in a particular way. I feel like the the process this week must not have been very smooth. I, look, I, yeah. I just can't imagine it going very Him smooth. Him punching up his... Do we uh, really think this is funny? Yeah. I, uh, 
Some I mean, guys on Reddit said this would be funny. Uh, that happened with Trump when he hosted. Like the writers, yeah. the writers all talk shit on it. Like years later, they're just like, "Yeah, we'd bring him ideas, and he'd like try to change them, or like anything that was deprecating to him at all, he'd yeah. want it removed and shit." So, yeah, uh, there's potential for some real cringe moments in this SNL thing, uh-huh. and I am very excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also been reported that several of the SNL staff were upset by the announcement that Musk would be the host, and uh, sources have told news outlets that cast members. Won't have to appear in sketches with Musk if they don't want to. But like, uh, as of this week, it looks like Michael Che and uh, Pete Davidson are both like super on board. Uh, of course so, they yeah. are. But uh, yeah, even those who are really excited for Musk appearing on SNL seem to be really focused on the appearance for one particular reason, and it's not Elon's comedy chops or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are hoping that for whatever reason, Elon Musk is going to use his one appearance on this comedic institution to pump Dogecoin. Yeah. Which is why a lot of analysts think the cryptocurrency saw another steady spike in value this week leading up to the appearance. Uh, by the way, the coin did finally hit 69 cents, albeit very briefly, and much later than the previous target date of 420. I was watching it the night that it hit, and it was just like hovering right below like, yeah. I, I guess people just had, like, uh, limit cells yeah, just turned right, on for 69, because, like, every time it hit 69, it would, it would dip to 68, and it was just hovering there all night. But it's like, I mean, I don't know. I, the, the world is a strange place, and there might be a Dogecoin sketch. I don't know. But people seem to believe it enough to where the, the value of this coin, despite the very clear holiday that it should have hit 69 cents on, actually spiked this week. And it, and it seems that the chatter online is because... Elon's going to go on SNL and pump it. Yep. Anyways. And he probably will. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. But again, as we say, uh, don't go chasing that coin unless you're, you know, into gambling. Chances are he might not mess, uh, mention it at all. Uh, unless he does, and then we, get all, we all get rich. Right? Right, everyone? Yeah. But uh, hey, it's fine. Don't, don't succumb to the FOMO. In fact, if you want to feel a little bit better about potentially missing out on the ride with Doge, uh, a recent interview with one of the creators of Dogecoin will take some of your regret away and redirect it at him instead. <laughs> Billy Marcus, the co-creator of Dogecoin, admitted in a recent interview that he sold all of his cryptocurrency holdings back in 2015 when he was laid off of work. Quote, I've always said was, I sold everything for about as much as it would cost to buy a used Honda Civic. This was all my crypto too. I had Litecoin and Bitcoin and Doge and a bunch of other ones, revealed Marcus. All in all, everything was liquidated by Marcus for nearly $10,000 in July of 2015. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, and as many articles have pointed out, Dogecoin's all-time high this week put the valuation around $80 billion at that point of time. Uh, the co-creator of Dogecoin sold all of his crypto for around the price of a used Honda, and now his creation is worth around $20 billion more than the entire Honda brand. Which is yeah, insane. I would, I would not be able to get over this. That's the thing is, I got it like... Uh, Regret is a very harsh pill to swallow. And when you don't, like, take one of these things, like, and when you're on the outside of it, you're like, yeah. man, it's kind of like that, uh, the the thing you get when you're like, well, if I would have bought a lottery ticket, you think about all the things you could buy. Yeah. But when you were heavily invested in it and either sold at a loss or sold years ago, mm-hmm. like, that has to fucking hurt or, like, lost your, like, well, wallet. Especially, I mean, just, like, just in the last year, Dogecoin's gone up, what, like, 7,000%? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. like, literally $1.00 worth of Dogecoin a year ago, you would be $7,000 or something like that. That's why I bought the whatever, some fucking TikTok things getting pushed right now called Safe Moon. I'm like, well, look, I it's like zero, 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 one. So it's I'll just buy a couple of bucks. Nowhere to go but up. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just buy a couple of bucks of this. It is extremely hard to buy, but uh, yeah. it's also extremely hard to sell. So I guess I just have to sit with it. 
Uh, maybe just like the the tweet thing. Before you sell any cryptocurrency, yeah. you should have to do a math problem. You sure, you might regret it. <laughs> Buddy, you're going to be able to buy a look, Lambo in Look no at time. this graph of... Uh, <laughs> look at this graph! Yeah, probably going to go up. It only goes up. Uh, uh, also, real quick, going back to the whole SNL thing. Friend of the show, Nick Letzko, put out a new music video on Thursday this week regarding Elon, or Ellen's <laughs> As he uh, calls appearance on the show and a uh, demand that he replace Ellen on the show. In fact, he should replace all the cast and do it himself. Uh, here's a little clip. Yeah. It's almost Yeah, make sure you go watch the full song on Nick's Twitter. Uh, we'll leave the link in the description below. Tell him we sent you. But, I mean, I got to say, all jokes aside, Nick Lutzko would be an incredible addition to the show's cast. He would. They have a giant, lonely island-sized hole uh, in the lineup that uh, Nick could easily fill for digital shorts and songs and all of that. I mean, he's literally proven time and time again that he can go viral with songs that he makes. Yeah. Uh, he's already got at least a dozen char uh, characters that are... He's got a whole... Pretty well-rounded. He's got a whole lore uh, sort of... Yeah, there's a whole Bring the Lutzko-verse to <laughs> SNL. <laughs> so yeah, Nick Lutzko should actually go on SNL. Full-time, in fact. I agree I, I agree yeah. with uh, what you're all thinking I right now. I support that. Mm -hmm. In other late-night comedy news, though, Conan O'Brien has officially announced the end of his talk show on TBS, uh, technically marking the end of his late-night career after 30 years. Conan announced the final episode of Conan will air on June 24th. Mm -hmm. uh, but not to worry too much, as we previously reported on the show, this doesn't mean he's off the air for good. In his announcement, he said that, quote, For 11 years, the people at Turner have been absolutely lovely to me. Adding that the final weeks of Conan will feature a lineup of special guests, take a fun look back at his tenure at TBS, and end with an hour-long finale episode. Yeah, but again, have no fear. This is not the end of Conan. He's not uh, taking a very long vacation and never coming back. Uh, as we covered last year, he'll be moving to HBO Max, and he's mm. going to be launching a, a new project with them. I mean, there's still no word on exactly what his new show will look like or how much it might differ from his talk show format that he's been accustomed to over the years. Uh, but back when it was announced, Deadline gave some details saying, the move comes weeks after Jeff Ross, who executive produces Conan and has worked with the former Simpsons writer for many years, told Deadline that the pair had been considering their future. Ross told Deadline that he believes late-night shows are now kind of dinosaurs in the business and said that they were looking to do something different, as evidenced by this deal. Quote, TBS and these linear cable networks especially are just like death. You know there's no circulation, so you can't do it forever. And Conan is ready for a change. We've got a lot of stuff going on between the podcast and the show and the digital business, he said. And uh, also, at the time that he signed his deal with HBO Max, the chief content officer over there said, Conan's unique brand of energetic, relatable, and at times absurdist comedy has charmed late-night audiences for nearly three decades. We can't wait to see what he and the rest of Team Coco will dream up for this brand new variety format each week. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. We should expect some sort of announcement soon, depending on uh, whether or not Conan wants to take a vacation for a bit before diving into another major project. But uh, exciting either way. Yeah, uh, he's a lot. his podcast is great. Uh, also, the uh, you know the videos that he ends up putting online where he gets to travel around the world are also yeah. very entertaining. So, if it's something that's like kind of pre-produced and great like that, it should be uh, a great time. I'd like he could also do some version of that talk show 
or some yeah. version of a mixture with a podcast. I don't know. But uh, HBO Max should allow him the freedom to do whatever he wants. Um, and uh, another great reason to keep having that. I said I was going to cancel it, but... There's a lot of a lot of stuff on HBO Max. Yeah. Damn it, they did it. They did. They finally did the good thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's our show. Yeah. Here's other, other stuff over here. Tech News Day about uh, how COVID's never going to end. Mm-hmm. And uh, another video about Kid Rock's... Uh, Big-ass bar and grill uh, having a little poop incident. What's going to happen this week? Anybody's guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, We'll see you soon for Weekly Weird News. Have a great weekend. See you soon. Bye-bye.